When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Scouts here tonight that he's got more than just athleticism. Demhard with the lob and the slam by Kaufbrenner. Great pace to this opening six minutes here at Austin. Three Texas as a team is over five from three. Good pass underneath. Kaluma puts it in and Creighton has the lead. Chris Beard calls for time. Former Blue Jay. I'll tell you, this has been a great matchup. Hunter has been all over. Nice cut. Colombo with the slam. It is coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers and. DB, I finally got my camera to work for one, so that's good. That's, Ooh, a, that's a plus. All, all eyes are smiling. That's What's a plus. up? Half of the iPads in the way, though. But it's a Friday, so you know what? Let's I'm just a roll little, with We're it. a little lazy today, huh? Uh, no, never that. We're a little. What do we call it? We're a little bit more. Uh, we'll just go with the flow. free flowing. That's that's good it. One. That's, that's it. a good one. That's the word. Un- unlike our little partner over there on the ones and twos, who wasn't as friendly as I'd like for him to have been this morning. If you don't love it, leave it. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, that's, hey, what, that's just what he's because You seem very hurt right now. Yeah. Are you no, going to no, be all right? I'm going to be okay. I was going uh, to say, okay. Shane did get you he right did. before the he show. Did. He did. He got you. Nothing wrong with a good normally, mom joke. Normally. <laughs> when, you're, when you're 58 years old. <laughs> right. That's what that is, man. I'm telling you. Right. Normally, it's not much of a back and forth between DB and Shane. It's a lot of DB, <laughs> not a lot of Shane. But today. Oh, good for you. Today could be a Friday fail for DB yep. because Shaner. Got the other end. I'm, I'm going to leave Shane alone this morning. I think he's kind of on his game. I think he sees, like, light at the end of the tunnel. He's running, like, 65 things. He's getting instruction from four different people. Like, I, I think the little guy is stressed, but we're very close to pulling off the first week of, of a show that is extremely complicated. I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> that is, oh, a, that's, that's a great uh, way. but I do frustrating. But do you know why I feel um, good? Because we're extremely spoiled. We have every tool, every gadget, every. It's like I mean, we had a boss yesterday that said, "Hey, I'll put my guys on it. Let's see if there's something we need from an equipment standpoint. Let's try to be the best." If it like, feels good. Like, who says that? I, you know Our I boss. Th- you know what I thought to say? Gosh, I don't really like the, you know, the brake pad speed on my vehicle. It, I'm struggling to get to work. Hey, let's see what we can do for your vehicle. I want you to be comfortable. Like, that's how I kind of feel like it is. So, the, like, if I'll, I'll tweet out a picture of Shane's setup. Like, this whole studio was built from scratch. scratch. Mm-hmm. And we, Herlat didn't start doing radio. They're 
they're that's not what they do. We're doing radio. So how about some cutting edge stuff, Drew Down? I love how you, you know this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Ah, zip it over there, Marty. I love how you said who says that? Yeah. Because man, th- you say that. Oh, I say that sometimes. Y- y- you Shame. go so deep into conversation to where you put together a prompt that makes me sit back and reflect for the next twenty-five minutes to figure I'm, out I'm, I'm sorry. where I need to go. Shame. I'm like in a fork in the road, but the fork has seventeen different prongs because Come you on, just put my head in a monopoly game. Shane, would you tell him I'm sorry? Like I, I really am. I- now, do you tell Sipple to put that in his pipe and smoke? That's <laughs> not what I said. I. I'm sorry. That is not true. No, but you're absolutely right. We are truly blessed to be here on this show, talking to you guys out there here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio. And we have a great, great team backing us, too. So we're very fortunate to be in the position we are today. Yeah, even Pat. Even Pat. Pat's here today. He's at Hale Varsity Club. That's where we are and record every show. Uh, it, I, you know, you can see him you can kind of see him i don't know the light's kind of he's, going off of his head so, he's so kind even in the morning like when you want to be kind of crabby and miserable hey do you need anything would you like some breakfast do you need some juice mm-hmm. how about some ice is everything okay can i fix your lighting hey go sit down hey do you think <laughs> do you think pat's one of the more famous people in town yes head mulati got less body so last time i was out with pat I uh, I announced at a karaoke bar that Pat Wait, Safford you, was in the house. You guys went out together. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Pat yeah. Safford. Um, gonna have to reconsider yeah. our relationship. <laughs> hey, you missed out. That's all I'm saying. On the karaoke night. <laughs> On the karaoke night. What What was your go to? Mr. Brightside. That's oh, yeah, my you jam. Told me that, mm-hmm. and I. St- Still have to go back and play. And don't, Ash- don't 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 sing it for me. I'll, <laughs> I'll pull it up. You don't want me to. You don't. You don't want me to start just saying lyrics now. No. no well, no. I told you I don't even really know the lyrics to that song. I just is Mumbleoki. Mumbleoki's fine. Everybody's yeah. done Mumbleoki. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, I, it's not slurm, <laughs> slurring. It, it's just mumbling. I like to major in the majors. You, oh, not the minors. Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair What's point. the difference between a mumble and a slur? About 80 proof? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think at least a mumble, you, you have like some form of thought process coming out. Yeah. A slur is you're, you know the word you want, so roughly but you just proof. can't say it. Yeah. But I was out with Pat, and I, I announced to the whole bar that Pat was there. Nobody cared. <laughs> Maybe that's the guy I had to go out with. Isn't it crazy, too? It's like those were the days like when you could go out and feel like you weren't missing anything. If you blinked yesterday in the state of Nebraska with what was going on, like you were stressed that you were going to miss it. it. You had basketball. You had volleyball. You've got recruiting. You've got guys putting staffs together. You've got arraignments. Like there was so much going on yesterday. It was the proverbial fire hose. Mm-hmm. Kind of trying to drink out of the water. Santa's bag was big last night. Yeah, him. But it's infinite, right? It's just a. There's just like a bunch of space. Apparently, Santa's bag stays full. Kind of like Ryan mm-hmm. Nemhard's dribbling game. Ryan Nemhard was excellent yesterday. And I, here's the thing, though. I don't love his shot selection. So I have to get over that. Okay. okay. I, have to, I have to get over that. Put that aside for me here. Yes, I will. In this game, there were a couple of players that had consistency. And then there were others that were just not shooting the ball very well for one, mm-hmm. but two, we're picking up in other areas of the game as well. Ryan Nemhard was one that was collectively playing a 
good full totality game. Mm-hmm. Something that when he landed on Andy Katz's top 15 watch list to start the year, we knew that. Yeah. We knew what we were going to get out of Ryan Nemhard. And he, he's Mr. Consistent when he handles the basketball. Then you had Kalkbrenner down low, who was excellent as well. Texas had a hard time stopping the big man. I was a little bit surprised at how efficient he was. I thought defensively they would pose a few more problems for him. Maybe Kalk is just that guy. doesn't matter who he's playing against because he's going to do guys like Sonogo. So I don't worry about, like, what happens in the Big East. I'm kind of thinking on the national landscape with some of these more athletic mobile front lines. D-Sue and those guys. Like, no problem for Kalkbrenner. He, he just does work. Now, there was a few situations later on in that game that the double team the became double, the two an times issue. That it came from the baseline. Correct. And he's got to know. But I felt like Texas was pretty crafty with that because they waited. Mm-hmm. And, and he did have, I think, what, the two or three turnovers. Uh, and two of those came pretty close to each other. But – from an offensive efficiency standpoint, for as poorly as they shot it, man. I'm telling you, why you not don't. Dump, why not dump the ball, you know. Just you take ten roll, shots, you make pop, nine, come on. Lob, yeah. Against this team. Dude, his shooting percentage a, is A ridiculous. solid defensive team. But Kalkbrenner, too, at the same time, there was a point to where he nearly turned over the basketball. Because, as you said, the double team was coming weak side. And as the ball was kind of scooting toward the free throw line, Creighton's dropping back on defense. People are going after the ball, but really the only two people going after it were Kalkbrenner and his defender at the time. Kalkbrenner still, because of his length, his sheer size, he was able to reach out, get the ball, and then make a play at the hoop. Didn't end up with the basket, but ended up at the free throw line. It's hustle plays, too, that I see out of Kalkbrenner that a lot of big men just aren't doing all that much anymore. How about the ominous foreshadowing we had yesterday talking to Nicholas Allen Baugh about the bench scoring becoming a bit of an issue for Nick when he looks at the Jays. Last night in total? Zero points. Zero bench points. And it wasn't like... And you're it, looking it at it didn't look good doing it. You're right? looking at 25, 26 minutes of bench play last night in totality. Yeah, I, I think so. There's easy and a little bit of a bind here. I'm not sure what to do with Mason Miller and Sharif Mitchell, uh, like right now in this lineup because I think Sharif at the point hit their offense um, kind of suffered a little bit, and I'm. Curious to see what Mason Miller's role is going to be. Farabello hasn't shot it like – and maybe this is who he is. I don't know. I, I guess I would have to ask Coach Mack. There was a lot of expectation for Farabello when I he showed up. I think he's a better shooter than what he's shot it so far, but are we enough games in that this is who maybe he's going to be? Although if you watch guys like Marcus Carr, anybody can be a better shooter. You give it enough time. Because so, I certainly – don't think that's who Texas is. And if you're Creighton and you look at – I mean, were you vibing with where Texas was making shots? You talk about Mm-mm. tough shot takers, tough shot makers. You like, know, Fudge, tip fortunately, your cap. Fortunately for Texas, too, Creighton wasn't shooting the ball well. And Texas did their due diligence in getting points off turnovers. That's something Creighton didn't do. They didn't have a lot of opportunities to do it because Texas only turned the ball over three times. Unbelievable statistic for how frenetic it looks like they play sometimes. How they try to speed you up. 
it just looks like they're all over the place. You look up, and only two of those turnovers, I believe, were live balls. So it's tough. But when you're not shooting the basketball well, and this is something I've noticed just in the last two games with Creighton, um, and when they're trailing in basketball games, because against Arizona, it wasn't like they were shooting the ball poorly, just Arizona and them were going back and forth, right? But in this game in particular, when Creighton wasn't shooting the ball effectively, you could tell that they were trying to then do too much with the That's, basketball. And, and I think, so when I was talking about shot selection, um, it was just weird where they got, I think they got sped up and, and kind of stressed in crunch time with where the shots came on the floor. And maybe I'm a little bit spoiled just because of the ball movement. But, you know, you had 27 made field goals and you only had 12 assists. I say only. I mean, maybe we are spoiled with their assist-to-turnover ratio up to this point. But uh, I think continuity and kind of where those shots come from will be interesting to watch. Well, Creighton was 1-for-22 at one point I heard from that. beyond three. I heard that. That's insane. You saw all these balls get thrown up and just none would drop. And Baylor Shireman was struggling. He was 0-for-10 at one point in this game, and it took until, like, what, the last three minutes for yeah. him to really he, get going? It's kind of who he is. He's clutch. But what's funny about it, too, is the shots that he Both ended up were taking tough. were ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a shot that was like, hey, let's I just do a fadeaway three don't, here. You don't, you don't have the wrong foot step back in your bag? You know, so hey, I, I wish I did, and silly. sometimes I believe it when I'm at the YMCA, but not here. I don't not, even have the stones enough to attempt that, but. That's why he well, plays Division not, he, One basketball. Well, I'll tell you what. Watch. That, that's why I I only do it when I'm shooting around by myself, yeah. right? You don't you don't ever even attack that in an old man's league game, yeah. right? <laughs> you take the easy thing. But Shireman, this is what I wanted to touch on with him. When shots weren't going in, think about the other parts of his game that kind of get overlooked most of the time because he's such a good passer and he's such a good scorer. His ability to rebound. Yeah. He's a scrappy player. He always attacks the boards I like how defensively. he knows where balls are going to, right? But when a shot's He's up, he boxes out, there. and he gets to the glass. Yeah. And you look at a guy like Kalkbrenner down low, you're like, oh, I don't need a rebound. We have a guy that's seven foot seven. And you'd think Kaluma would start Not to that embrace that role, but I think that part's got to pick up for his game as well. But for him, the ability to still make an impact, I think, is crucial to realize. It's one way that not only is he battling through the adversity of when things aren't going right, but he's helping Creighton as a team at this point because Trey Alexander also didn't have a great game shooting the basketball. In fact, he only had points at the foul line. Four for four yeah, from the foul line. he's from the floor, right? Correct. Yeah. 0 for 8 from the floor, 0 for 2 from 3. He played 33 minutes, but... This is something, again, that could get overlooked, his defensive ability. His ability just to stay on the floor, move the basketball, and not feel like he has to do everything. Creighton has to feel good about where they were defensively. I, I, like I said, you go back and Oh, watch when you're that, shooting the ball 20, 27 for 66, you have to be okay with they, a five-point I mean, loss. There were some ridiculous makes that Texas had. Marcus Carr, we, we always say it. What are you going to get out of Marcus Carr for Texas? Yeah. He shot Texas the ball is 20 a powerful times. Player. He's a, I'm telling you, he's, he reminds me of my guy, Caleb Love. Seven makes, though, and, of course, leading the team with 19 points. Tyrese, he, had, he had the pull-up 18-footer from almost the baseline area, and I'm like, 
it kind of quelled a little bit of a run, and I was like, who has the stones to shoot? He looked like DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Or, That's or, a player. Or Devin Booker, like with that pull-up contested, and I was like, wow. Tip your cap. He plays with a ton of confidence. Oh, yeah. A ton. Yeah. As if he is the best player on the floor, which next to Tyrese Hunter, he is uh, in how, most games. What? So what happened with Hunter just coming back in the game after he looked like he was hit by a sniper? Mm-hmm. The the hyperextension in the straight leg looked awful. And I was like, oh, it's a wrap. He's out here bouncing around like five minutes later. Like I was nothing like, happened. Like what, what did I miss? Mm-hmm. Like the rubber band man, it just came back. You know what? He went to the locker room. He grabbed Michael Jordan's sneakers, Texas and then he came gonna, back. Texas is going to be a handful because they play so hard, and they get after you defensively. And this is – I don't know if they're more talented on the top end than that Texas Tech team that Beard made the run with, but they do have the one bucket getter, one-and-a-half bucket getter, so that's kind of the same. They have the prowess in the defensive backcourt that can – be disruptive and they've got the athletic front line too so you can tell how he likes to build his basketball teams what do you think of dylan mitchell uh i'm uh, we'll see uh it's been been a, been a little bit of a work in progress i'm not ready to uh you know like gush but and it's only been what six games at this point for you, the kid you, you can you can see it though he is uber talented you, you can see it but talk about pressure too you're a kid with such high not just recruit NBA recruiting yeah, power at yeah, this point yeah. because there are scouts in the stands every single game. Can I just for say something kid. before we, we 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 get off of Creighton in a in a huge first hour? I saw this three years ago, and peers voted Texas a top ten basketball job, and I think people here locally were like, "What?" Like KD couldn't even get those guys to the Sweet Sixteen. Like, what are we talking about here, right? Got a lot of good players. Is top ten? Why can't they sell that arena out? Chris Beard making pleas to the to the student body. And listen, I get it. Six o'clock game. Uh, Austin, Texas can be easy. To, you know. Can you navigate. imagine being a fan though, waving those balloons around, having they, a blast? They, but they 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 blacked out the 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 top part. Like you're, it's a top eight matchup, and you can't get some fellas in the arena. Yeah, I don't care if it's Thursday. I don't care if it's a Saturday. Isn't it? Don't they call it I don't it care Thursday, if it's Monday Thursday? afternoon. It is a Thursday, and Thursday. it's college. Like anybody's going to you, school on Friday. <laughs> you would also. I'm sorry. You would also wonder sorry to all why out there. promotion for this game wouldn't be like a, hey, you know, I know it's a, a top eight matchup, but maybe we do like $2 beers or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. Pack the place. Get the college kids out there. The Moody Center is awesome, too. How about that facility? Oh, it looks dark. That's just me, though. I can't shoot, like, in broad daylight, so I don't. I'm not a guy that's going to tell you hey, about Hey, shoot your I'd shot like whenever you it. want. Well, you know, I did that once. Turned out okay. <laughs> Whatever the hell it is. Yes, that, that's a great transition here to talking about something that took place just 40 minutes from Omaha. Nebraska, Delaware State, volleyball, first round action, a sweep for Nebraska. After a slow start, too, I, I wouldn't say people were holding their breath. I mean, it was 9-8 at one point in that first set. but Defensively, they were so good, but this team has some issues. 
They do. However, in this game, they were really set up well to succeed because they had the height advantage at the front of the net. Delaware didn't even get past what? I, I don't think they have a player upwards of 6-1. Well, they shot in the negative, so... Right, it, 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 I believe I that's what... shot, uh, you know, the hitting percentage. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, fool's gold or no, but as good as John Cook is, can you really just overcome missing three starters? You know, that's something that we're going to talk to Andy Kende at 8-2, and I want to get his thoughts on, because that right there is a point that I'm thinking of. At what point is this going to catch up to him? Well, and has it already? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Whitney, Nicklin Hames. I, I just, my buddy just sent me, I didn't see the, the tweet from Lincoln Arneal, but says that Nicklin Hames... He's not sure on her availability. She's dealing with some concussion symptoms and some other ailments. Like, I don't know. It is such. You're relying on a lot of young players to step up and make an yeah. impact right now. Yeah, it's, it, it's, and it's, 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 a tough, it's a tough task for anybody, yeah, for, for a, any athlete. For a team that was built on depth when the, when the season started. Right? And when, I think that's what people loved. And now, but now he's kind of committed to the 6-2, so you have to. You have to figure out how it is that you want to play. The good news for Nebraska is when you recruit as well as they do because of how highly they're ranked every single year. Yeah, but it's tough, man. You need continuity. You do need continuity, yes. But by having a recruiting class like Nebraska, it can make up for more mistakes than it will miss on. Mm. I don't know. I hope you're right. I don't see it happening this year. Especially down the stretch as the competition stiffens. But, man, would I love to be right. Because if there's ever a time where you need depths of the reserves, it's going to be now. But familiarity with the system and the style that he wants to play in. Again, replacing three starters. I mean, we'll see. Well, it, it'd be it, improbable is too strong of a word. But, man, would it be a heck of a run. But if anybody's capable. It's man. Nebraska. And, you know, they have leaders on this team. Yeah. Like, they have people that can instill confidence in their teammates. Lexi Rodriguez is one of them. Somebody that goes unnoticed most of the time. How about but her defensively? That's what I was going to say. Her defensive prowess out there. I mean, 19 digs. She's finding the spot. Like, yeah. she knows where to be every time. Every time the ball comes over A the net. leader. <laughs> that's old. And then Maddie Kubik as well. Yeah, I'd like to see her kind of get going. Be, be the Maddie Kubik of, of, of old. But, yeah, sh showing some flashes last night. A lot of... Different faces in new places, hoping they have some time. But, man, postseason runs, woo-wee, it waits on no one. Our poll question of the day, you can go vote at Hale Varsity Radio on Twitter. That's H Varsity Radio. Type that in. You can see the poll question is, hey, if you're hungry, what's the best thing to cook? Is it meat? Is it pasta? Is it soup? Or opposing volleyball teams? <laughs> That's our poll question today. <laughs> I'm going with meat. <laughs> meat, it's what's for dinner. I don't know, man. I think, I think I'm going to go with John Cook here love and a, go I with love opposing it. volleyball teams. I love a nice steak today. Maybe tonight. Put it on the grill. Smack it bullseye. Are you a rare guy, medium rare? Um, medium. Not medium well, medium rare. So closer to red than brown, <laughs> but a preferable... I'm a I'm a pinky guy. I want mine mooing. A little darker than yeah. See, I'm not because it's dip. It's disruptive of the taste. I think, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not gonna die on that hill because mm -hmm. 
I used to work with a guy that liked that thing, Nebraska Red, and I thought he was ridiculous. <laughs> it was almost blurple. Yeah. <laughs> see, I, I will not go the blurple route, but as long as it's it's pink and you can just see the blood oozing out, yeah, I'm, I'm good, good with that. I'm good on that. <laughs> Probably wouldn't turn it down if I was hungry, though. Hey, and you know what? As we kind of sit here and dissect our meat, how about next we dissect the new coaching staff? Because yesterday, Matt Rule solidified those six guys that have been circling. And we'll get into those names next and maybe some future names here on Hale Varsity Radio. It's Coffee and Cream. Whoa. I try to be everything that I can. But sometimes I come out. We are back. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio. Sometimes I'm come out and being nothing. Oh, don't come you on. start. <laughs> a couple of music guys having a show. Look out. This is a great song. Yeah. Well, are we ever going to get like. See, in a former life, Shane never played the music I wanted either. He always picked the other guy. And I feel like <laughs> Are you feeling like he's picking picking on like you again? He's picking the other guy. You don't like that? That seemed that song right there guaranteed I feel was played in the football that. locker room this year. Guaranteed. Maybe not this year, maybe yeah, last Nebraska year. That's what, I think or ours. I don't remember when it came out. I need it sometimes, so I got all kind of music. Hey, wait till I give Art our number to the show. You're gonna love Art. <laughs> Art's like one of the greatest human beings of all time. It could have been in Nebraska's locker room, too, though. No, I doubt it. Seems a little soft. And then again, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I mean, maybe soft from the stance of I don't know if it has a cuss word in it. Yeah. Well, are you? So now you're going to get on me about my lack of. <laughs> does that make me not tough? No, no, not one bit. What did I say to no. you today? You said something slick to me this morning, and I turned around and I said, "Did you just say poop?" I said, well, I talked about how at Hale Varsity Club last night there was the total ship show live event. Oh. And you go, did you just say poop, poop, show. poop show because you didn't want to say the other word? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> it's a lot going on, man. There is, dude, it's I Friday. Got, it's gotta, Friday. How are got, you guys gotta, doing on I Friday? Gotta, I got to rush and be back to the high school at 10. We got 55 coaches coming in. Nebraska set up a junior day already for Sunday at 1. How about that? The staff is just like, hey, 2024s, 2025s, um, junior day. You guys in? Wait, when? How about Sunday? How about right away? Wait a minute. You just got here. You got six guys on the road. Like, okay. I mean, look, you got to be okay with that, though, right? I mean, I am. Matt Rule and that coaching staff is doing everything they can to get bodies in there and show that they mean business. So here's the cool thing, and I'm not. I'm not, it's not an indictment, but it is vastly different than what happened in basketball with the local talent when they had a coaching change. I felt like there was this little window that Coach Hoiberg and his staff had for a couple of really high-profile local guys. And I'm not saying Hunter Salas would have come to Nebraska, and I'm not rehashing the Chucky Hepburn thing, mm-hmm. but what I am saying is the immediacy of doing your due diligence for what's already in your kitchen before the food goes bad is super important. So I was, I was pretty impressed. This coaching staff known for their great recruiting skills, 
at least the six that he went out and hired. Yeah, are, is it to Pete's or not to Pete's? Like, is that going to be the question? I like, I don't know. I'll be I'll be curious. That wasn't one of those things that I felt like I should have asked. We, <laughs> Coach and I just started our texting relationship. That wasn't one of those things that I wanted to say right away. Hey, is uh, where are we at with the rest of the staff? What do you think about Jake Pete's? <laughs> what kind of questions? That's really what I looked at and been like. And that's the end of my conversation yeah, good, good. with DB. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, Jake Peets, he's the only guy right now on this coaching staff. Are we in? So, we, so it's official? Are we making it official? We're alluding to the fact that it's uh, See, I don't feel good about that then. I don't like being wrong. <laughs> are we in or are we out? We know, Satter, we know, we know Coach Satterfield's in. He's gonna, he's, Coach Satterfield's in town this morning. We'll yep. be in town this morning. Yeah. So how about that? Catch me outside. <laughs> okay. Hey, th- this, this is something, though, to mention, though, too, because you look at the coaches on staff, and, and we can even talk about some that are kind of lingering, right? And, and that one in, in this regard is, is, is Pete's, right? Yeah, we still have a couple of more. We need an offensive line coach, and we need a defensive coordinator as well. And I look at the coaches on staff right now, and the big chunk that's missing, which is why I almost appreciate the fact that they're doing this junior day thing, mm-hmm. is the local ties. These coaches don't have the local ties, right? And, look, I made a little mini-map here the other day. What just, it, just a little map. It, it, that it looks like something Zoe would do. What you is know that? what? I, we did it together, right? Yeah, you guys have about the same level of creativity. <laughs> She's out there, too. And I made my... My map of the U.S. here, but I pinpointed where this staff is from, right? I went back just via college. I didn't go with, like, you know, Terrence Knight, and of course, played in the NFL and bounced all over the place. He wasn't recruiting those areas, though. He, those were his stops. That was his job at the time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't count those. But when I looked at everything here, the majority of these coaches are up in the East Coast, Right. The Northeast, right? That's where they kind of house, you know, with Temple and uh, a lot of ties to New York up that direction. And then you get Satterfield that started in Tennessee, and he worked his way, you know, to Baylor, up to uh, the Northeast area, and to Carolina, South Carolina. And then you get Evan Cooper and Corey Campbell that found their time in Baylor and then moved their way to Carolina. When I made this map, though, DB, and I know it doesn't look good. It's a fourth-grade drawing. If it, make, if it makes sense to you, it makes sense to me. But you look at, if you cut this map in half, like you, you, you fruit ninja this map. Okay. And if you're looking at the map, on the right side, it is heavy in recruiting ties. But on the left, you have nothing locally, and you have nothing going to the West Coast. And so when I look at what comes next with these coaching hires, mm-hmm. I'm not saying Matt Rule needs to keep going the direction he's going right now with getting his guys in because that's a good thing too. You're, you're starting a good culture by doing that. And these guys can recruit anywhere. I get that. But you need some local ties for one, something that this program's been missing for a while. And based on how I have this drawing and the direction things are going, there's so much havoc on the East Coast. And that's great. But Especially if you're a statistical guy like analytics. We like havoc plays. You like to cause them. You don't like to give them up. But locally is my big issue here. So how are you going to get somebody from the Midwest? And maybe that comes down to when you hire your DC. And I, you know, 
this name, of course, people are going to be like, oh, you're ridiculous for saying this guy. But how about even like a Jim Leonard, for example? Why not, right? Wisconsin looked at Jim Leonard and said, you know, we appreciate what you did, but we're going to bring in somebody else instead. Somebody that's been waiting in the wing forever. And I'm not saying he'd move to another Big Ten school just out of spite. But why uh, not? I don't know. Apparently his camp isn't real happy with how this whole thing went down. So you never know. But I don't, like, don't want to make I'll, that motive. I'll, I'll entertain that. I don't want to make that motive right now. But maybe a change of scenery, all the while knowing he gets to play that team every year, could be good for a guy like Jim Leonard, knowing that, hey, I can coach with a former NFL coach. I know he had NFL ties last year, and he may go that route, right? He's good enough to just take that next step to the NFL if he so chooses. Yeah, that's interesting. I think on a personal level, just over the last couple of months, getting to know Coach Leonard, like as a person uh, in kind of his recruiting prowess, I, I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, I got to, you know, I, I, I like him uh, as a person. I liked what 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 he was about um i like the things that he said so i mean i i definitely would entertain that i know everybody's talking about you know snow has been real slow to go i've kind of moved off of that that was everybody's and you know kind of pick and, and i'm not sure what he's jeff, up there in age too not sure what jeff collins is going to do um and that's the other name that gets connected. What about uh, Al Golden's name? I know that was a, a starter name, but has that trickled off the I, ledge? I, I don't think so. You know, I don't. I don't. I like that though. I, I like where your mind is. But um, those are the kind of the two things right now. Because just talking to a couple of the guys that are putting together the junior day that are out on the road, they're scrambling. They definitely need some help. But I do like the fact that it appears that Coach Rule definitely has a plan. You go here, you do this, this is what you'll be responsible for now. Hey, early on, I know you guys are going to have to double and maybe triple dip, but this is, this is the plan. Like you have guys that are putting together junior days and local recruiting efforts that will be out on the road today. In junior days in two days. And you pick the Sunday at one. It's not an ideal day, but the way that they have to canvas the country, you have multiple new offers out. Um, you now got to re-recruit some guys in your own building. Uh, I wouldn't close the book on Ernest Hausman yet. I know we'll get to that. We'll be talking our portal hour, who's available, who's not available. But um, it's hard, and it's and it's a. And it's a difficult time, and, and I think people wondered why now with what Trev wanted to do with Coach Frost. And I'm just going to say this and move on. The two, three early weeks, in my opinion, as I look at how this thing fell and where the dominoes landed, absolutely mattered. Now, we'll see if it's worth an extra seven mil, but I'm telling you right now, <laughs> Time matters, and it was definitely of the essence. We'll try to touch a little bit more on this in the portal hour as well. But coming up next, head boys basketball coach at Bellevue West, Doug Woodard, here on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Back with you this morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. It's coffee and cream alongside Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers, and on the line, we have Doug Woodard. Bellevue West boys basketball head coach Doug first off thanks for joining us this morning I'm sure you're probably pretty busy with school as well <laughs> yeah it's a busy 
It's a busy time, Andrew, and it's great to be here with you and Damon. Coach, good morning. How how have you been? I I appreciate you extending the courtesy, uh, helping us break in a new show, man. I really, really appreciate that. And no pressure starting off being uh, the number one team in the state. How about that? Well, you know, as as well as, as I, Damon, that's uh, somebody's judgment that oftentimes doesn't mean much. And uh, we don't look at that whether somebody's got us there or middle of the pack or lower. We've got to get a lot better between now and the end of the year. That's all I know. Coach, starting off strong with a win against Columbus last night. Uh, was it nice to just finally get things going back again? Well, it always is. In, in between the drudgery of a long conditioning fall and and the three weeks uh, of, of obviously organized practice, I think they're ready to get going. That's for sure, Coach. You, you, I, this is. I'm curious just to watch you having done this for so long. You may have to mix and match more than than you've you've maybe had to do with some of your your veteran guys. You've got some new faces, but some familiar ones as well. Early as you're watching through winter, ca- you know camp and. You, you had your summer workouts. You're watching last night. Is that the biggest challenge for you is figuring out fit, knowing you have a couple of really good, consistent pieces? Well, I think it always is. And, and Damon, even beyond that, is, is trying to affect uh, a chemistry. It's, it's always a new group of guys. Yeah. I mean, even if it's the same group of guys, they change, they get different uh, – um, they get different outlooks and they develop. And so just just managing that chemistry and trying to develop that so that they trust each other and they play to their strengths. And they realize when you have a lot of pretty good offensive players, it's important that you realize it's not always going to come your way. Uh, and, and the deal is uh, be patient, play within yourself and within the system. We're speaking with Doug Woodard, Bellevue West boys basketball head coach as a part of our coaching corner this morning, Friday morning on Coffee and Cream. Coach, Jaden Jackson scores 28 in the opener. How have you seen him develop and mature over the years? Well, he's always been a good shooter, uh, even yeah. when he was a young kid. Uh, his, his game's expanded. Uh, he makes more things happen defensively with his length and anticipation. Uh, he's better off the dribble. He's better creating for his teammates. And his range is really extended. He's, the, the line's not really a factor for him. Yeah, it's interesting to watch him grow, obviously. He's, I'm very familiar with him. He's, uh, played, we've played with him forever. I've always joked with him since middle school, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, his toolbox is a lot more full probably than even he realized it was. I like how he talked about his length. He's a great offensive rebounder. He's got tremendous hands. And I think he's actually kind of starting to enjoy being a good defender. He is. He's, um, I, I think especially on the ball, he's, he's like a lot of young kids off the ball. Uh, there needs to be – um, there needs to be some significant growth still, but uh, but boy, he's a problem, and he gets in passing lanes. He's a problem. Um, 
And you're right, he, he really can go get the ball off the offensive glass because yeah. he's not only long, he's got really good anticipation. Coach, I used to cover class C1, C2, kind of those lower classes here in the state of Nebraska, and I'm so recent to covering class A and class B, but DB and I were talking back and forth, and he was really – he was really talking up Class A in its entirety and how strong the teams are in Class A. When it comes to being physically ready to go up and match up against a lot of these opponents, just tell me how the team it feels right now. Are they in peak physical form? And can you speak a little bit to just the high competition level Class A offers to the state of Nebraska? Well, I think the bar's been set the last three years or yeah, so. The, yeah. There's been so many high-level players, and I think it's helped raise the overall level of play um, that, that's expected around here, and the younger guys have seen, um, you know, obviously what's happened with those players where they've been able to to, to, to further their careers at, and so I, it's a, there's a lot of excitement there, and yes, uh, there's some tremendous basketball still being played in Nebraska, and you better be ready to play. It's the depth of the class is probably um, even better than it's been the last few years. Yeah. Now, you could argue that it's not quite as good at the top uh, because you're not going to have that level of high-level Division One players every year. But boy, you you get you get down to 14, 15 teams, you could still find teams that are legitimate state tournament level basketball teams coach one of the reasons i love talking to you i not only just you continually evolve but like one of the few guys that remains i think ultra competitive even though the kids get chummy right like things happen in summer and kids play with one another and then all of a sudden you're back with your school team playing in the the winter how do you think the blending of other guys playing with each other so much during the summer and working out in the off season th does it impact the regular season for you at all as you as you look at the competitiveness of where your teams need to be? Well, I think sometimes the the importance of a, a single game gets devalued. Um, mm. There's so many games in the summer. It's you know sometimes you wonder do they get the ice just another game and and, and it's not that big a deal and uh, so you fight against that. Uh, there's there's a lot of great stuff in the summer, but that's one of the things you got to fight against and that familiarity that you talk about. I mean you want them to be have relationships and and, and have buddies, but uh, boy when the when the tip goes up you you got to want to beat that guy. It's that simple. Coach, champions in 2020, runner-up in 2021. Obviously, the goal is to get back and win, but what are some of the other goals you've set for this team in order to help them get there this season? Well, I think one of the things I, I mentioned earlier is, is developing a trust in each other and a trust that, you, you know, if it's a night where maybe the ball's not finding you as much, you're going to find ways to impact the game um, in a positive way. The second thing is we have to be a better rebounding team. Mm. Uh, we got to be able to go get the ball off the defensive glass at a higher level than we did during the summer and uh, and so far this um, and so far this winter. Um, and 
and just, you know, the cliche is take a game at a time, but cliches oftentimes have a ring of truth and, and don't worry about what's going to happen in March. That's going to come soon enough. Don't wish for it. Uh, enjoy this, uh, enjoy each other, grow in each other, and, and uh, we'll see what happens towards the end. Yeah, you, Coach, you have the ultimate chess piece, and we've talked for X amount of minutes without even talking about Josiah Dotzler. Um he, he is the high major guy of this class in 2023, the ultimate chess piece, too. He can, he can score it. He can defend. He can obviously share it. Kind of what's been the trick? I know he's older, mature, savvy guard, play with a ton of good players. What's the trick in getting kind of your newer guys in roles comfortable playing with a guy that's, that, that's got the ultimate basketball IQ in, in Josiah Dotzler? Well, it's part of that is just understanding that you're playing with a gifted, uh, a gifted individual, and I think most of our kids are smart enough to figure that out. And <laughs> um, and, and something. Well, for instance, last night, and, and I don't think this necessarily always would have been true for Josiah, but he scores 12 points, but has um, it was either six or seven assists and no turnovers, yep. um, and gets five five rebounds. He only plays 18 minutes, so um, to impact the game, he has really evolved in his ability to impact the game when he's not scoring, and the ball, you know, is maybe not finding him as much, and making his teammates better, and and so I think it's just for the big guys, have your hands ready. It's kind of like us, obviously when Chucky was here, you better have your hands ready because <laughs> the ball might hit you in the face and. Yeah, it may not come your way if you don't have your hands ready a couple times. Coach, let me get you out of here on this. You've watched this team uh, all off season. Uh, last night, just one game. Which statistic is more like who you think you're going to be? The foul shooting at 10 of 18 or the 11 made three-pointers? Well, boy, I hope it's the latter. <laughs> if, if, it's, if, it's, if it's the former, I'm going to age a lot more than I think at this point. But uh, I mean, you we, get a good inkling. You know, Damon, you hit on it. No, we have to be better from the free throw line, and I think we're better than we were last night, but we've got to be much better. Coach, always a joy, man. I'm going to stop out and see you. You make my day. I'm glad you get a chance to kick off our Coach's Corner on a new show. Blessings to you, fellas, and appreciate you for having me. Thanks, Thanks Doug. That's Coach Doug Woodard, Bellevue West Boys Basketball Head Coach. And he, it's, he it's hit it right. I mean, you'd rather get the threes, DB, than yeah. the free throws. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of coaches that I like in the Metro, uh, especially when it comes to hoops, because I don't have to compete against them. Superman crush <laughs> on Coach Woodard. There's a, there's a couple of those guys out there. And we will cycle through many high school basketball coaches yeah. throughout the season as a part of our coaching corner, but you hit the nail on the head. Thanks again to Coach Doug Woodard for being a part of the very first one. Coming up next, Andy Kende of KETV. Let's go around the globe of our viewing area, of course. We'll chat all things Nebraska, Nebraska next on Coffee and Cream. It's the top of the hour, 8 o'clock here on Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio alongside Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. And on the phone lines, another guest, Andy Kende, sports director of KETV. Andy Kende, thanks for joining us. Morning, boys. AK, what's up, my guy? How are you? You know, 
well, there's very few people in this world I would alter my sleep schedule for, <laughs> but you are at the top of the list. I, AK, are you sick of me? I feel like I see you or talk to you every other day. Yeah. Like, no, are you man, okay I, with that? I am very much okay, Mike. You're a, you're a ray of sunshine, my friend. Uh, oh, fine. I don't know about yeah, that. I know his feeling, though, of altering <laughs> the sleep schedule. I mean, the nighttime sports guys, I mean, you you get up at 11 on on, on a usual day. So, so how do you – Well, so, I make sure – Go ahead, AK. As long as the kids get off to school okay, we're in good shape. Hey, how's that modular uh, scheduling yeah. treating you? <laughs> Tell you, DB, it is, it is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know, my daughter transferred to Westside, so she's uh, – She's, she's acclimating herself. It is it is amazing how much uh, personal responsibility is in pl- in, uh, in put on the, the student. I think it's terrific. It's, it's and the it, uh, difficulty them, is high. Yeah, it forces the kids to to, to be responsible, and that's just going to prepare for college. Hey, so let me ask you. I was joking with Ar this morning. It, it, you felt like if you stepped away from the television or the iPad or the phone yesterday, you missed something big there was a lot going on yesterday how'd you compartmentalize it and where'd you start well great question um the transfer stuff and the portal stuff and the decommitment stuff and you know this is just part of a uh, a regular transitional phase of a head coach but yesterday seemed um it, it, you kind of forget about that in the moment because it, it's been a little bit, and obviously we're in a new era, and it wasn't like this, the last coaching change. And um, it was one of those days where in the newsroom somebody would just blurt out, <laughs> Hosman, Hosman, you know, Ernest Hosman's in the portal, you know, or Coleman's decommitted. It's like, oh, my gosh. So, you know, you take this stuff with um, – how crazy, like, how special, you know, how awesome the kids would it be to for you to see Tristan trot onto the field for the kids, in a game right? that's tied now, to the, you know, a lot of stress, and he's kicking from the logo at Memorial Stadium, and he just knocks it through. If a kid yeah, decommits, yeah, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to go elsewhere. It just means he wants to open up his options. And I think that we have his tight window he has to fit. Remember these kids were dealing with 18 to 22 years old. And let's just put in kind of work through it and let Matt Rule do his thing. And, and um, so, you know, when the dust settles, you know, we want to practice in a few weeks. And that would you know, Monday's going to be crazy with the official opening of the portal. Absolutely. But, um, you know, Rule and yeah, Company have, a, they have a, a few weeks left to figure out this signing class. And I'll be interested to see what kind of kids they go after and finally sign. Uh, when the dust settles. Yeah, DB put it best. I'm sure building your sports block must have been difficult because of how much was going on and trying to figure out where to attribute time. And something that you had to make time for at night was Nebraska volleyball as they snagged a sweep on the hardwood. Despite the slow start, what impressed you most about this group? And at what point do you see the roster moves possibly catching up to them? Well, I think what impressed me most about it is that they're able to persevere and work through all the lineup changes. I mean, it's been a, um, a tough road for in terms of um, availability for John Cook and his pieces. I mean, when you lose a Kenzie Knuckles, 
um, a couple days before your biggest weekend of the regular season, that's tough. And then Nicklin Haynes dealing with her issues, um, that that's tough. And trying to get a setter to place place the ball where you're supposed to place it, you know. And then and then we find out Whitney Longstein has been sick and didn't practice most of the week. And you still, I mean, thankfully it was the first round, not you know the second weekend. Um, they were still able to persevere and take care of business like they should against the Delaware State team who was overmatched in their first NCAA appearance. However, I do think, you know, tonight's going to be a challenging um, because Kansas won't be as wide-eyed and as overwhelmed with the moment as Delaware State will be. But uh, I think if they can get through tonight, get another week to regroup, and maybe another week to get Nicklin Haynes back, I, and Whitney Lawson back healthy. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be okay. Now they're not going to be as good as they would be without Knuckles because I think people. You cannot. Um, I think that loss is a little bit of um, undervalued at this point because mm-hmm. she's so important to that. To, she's a glue person, and she affects and, um, a couple of other people immediately. And no question, role changes. And, and and she does so many things so well, and. Um, I think next weekend is where you're really going to see that the the change in the roster, you know, really come come to the forefront. But we'll see what happens tonight, and um, and we'll see what happens with Creighton. You know, the Creighton thing is really interesting because they have never been able to get out of that first weekend when they've hosted, and that's been very very strange because you think if you host, that's an automatic ticket to the to the second weekend. That's not been the case for Creighton. Um, so we'll see if Creighton can. I think this 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 year though may be different for Creighton because they've got the 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 players that can get them there. I think. How about the lifelong learner? And I I think everybody thinks she's fantastic. I'm sure she's sick of hearing it. But how about Coach Booth, like just switching it up? Like, okay, let's make you a little more uncomfortable. Let's get you out of your regular beds. <laughs> let's act like we're on the road. Let's do something different. Like, I, right. she. I mean, is that not the equivalent of a lifelong learner? No question. No question. It kind of – I think, D.B., correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Bo Pelini do this a couple years ago when they, where they stayed and then they took a, the bus Oh, yeah, that's Waverly right. Yeah, moved. yeah, that's right. Do you right. remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I don't even know if it worked, but I do remember that he tried it, and good for him for doing it. Um, yeah, but uh, Kirsten is, is such a, a fantastic coach – and um, if she's willing to do that, to put people in a hotel room and kind of treat it like a road trip, good for her. And whatever button she needs to push, she will. She's big on the mental side of things. So she knows that although she wouldn't um, say that the, the thing hanging over her head about not being able to win at home is a big deal to her kids, she wants to make every precaution and take every precaution that uh, her kids can be able to work through that. And um, – you know, the thing that impressed me, I was at their uh, selection show thing on Sunday at DJ's uh, by um, Miracle Hills, and I didn't realize it until I read Robbie Anderson's note that Kirsten now um, has led Creighton Volleyball to more NCAA tournament appearances than any coach in Creighton history. Um, any sport. Um, uh, any sport. So, She's an all-timer, and a course she deflects that and credits her kids but i mean that that tells you what kind of uh person and coach she is can i just take a little time to love on bruce rasmussen how about 
the hires of Flan, Kirsten, mm-hmm. Johnny, mm-hmm. and Greg. Like, yeah. Yeah. Really? Who? Do- I know, right? It's not who says that, AK, but you know what I like to say? Who does that? Right. And, and, and you know what, DB? You know what's cool about that? They all pull for each other. They're all, they're all on the same team, and they openly root for each other. You know, uh, uh, Coach Booth the other day mentioned that when, when they, the prospects of hosting, Flan kind of gave her some grief, like, hey, we scheduled our schedule accordingly to get out of, the, mm. get out of town this weekend so you guys could have the whole city of Omaha to yourself. So that's cool. And, hey, i got to put in a plug for us. Foster is en route right now to North Carolina. Uh, he's covering uh, Johnny Torres and the Creighton men's soccer team as they go for the uh, wow. uh, trip to the Final Four. That match is tomorrow at noon. So good old Matt Foster, the workhorse he is, he's going to provide reports for us from uh, Durham, North Carolina, all day today. How about that, Matt? Right. I'm sure he's uh, listening to the show right now, your, too. Your homework, AK, is to Google P.D. Pablo because Matt Foster and P.D. Pablo, North Carolina. All right, it's it's a song. Okay. Don't mind me. <laughs> Google later. Hey, you're speaking. I will of, do that. You're speaking of camaraderie and rooting for one another. We were all at at Coach Rule's presser. You saw Coach Hoiberg, who's off to uh, listen. What they did with FSU and say whatever you want about Hamilton's squad at FSU and where they've fallen, hammered a bad basketball team. They hammered Boston College. The momentum is okay. They get their best player back, Amy Williams was in attendance. Coach Ravel and Coach Sippel were in attendance. It's like, can do you get the sense this is the first time, long time, kind of like you calling the show, AK, <laughs> uh, that you feel like with administrative and staff that everybody's kind of channeling closer to the same direction, same vision? I did get that sense um, on – Monday. God, was it Monday? It, it seems like forever ago. Yeah. yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's a lot of people <laughs> in there. Yeah, there was a, it was a, it was impressive and I, I do think that it has we haven't seen that type of uh, camaraderie at Nebraska for a while and it was cool to see. And I thought that the you know, I know some people some people criticize that it was like, really, are we really going over the top here? But in this day and age, I, to do something different like that, to make it more like a pep rally than a – but still keeping the news conference format, I thought, it, I thought that presentation, especially on the um, – that leadoff basically to, to Wisconsin, which followed, oh, it was like night and day. I'm like, really, these are the two same – basic premises of introducing a coach and Nebraska does it this way. I, I was, I was, I was blown away about the presentation and um, you couldn't help, but to get a little bit excited about Matt rule who came in and just knocked it out of the park. I mean, that guy, he, he's something else up there. And, um, you know, I got to admit, I didn't know a whole lot about Matt rule before um, Monday, but I walked away going, this guy, this guy can, this guy has a chance. Mm. This guy has a real chance to do his thing. And um, the thing that I have been pounding on DB, and you know this, line of scrimmage. Yeah. It's a place that Nebraska has struggled so mightily in the last few years. 
And Matt Rule gets it. You got to win the line of scrimmage in this league, especially late in the year, October, November. That's where games are won. And uh, I think he's on the right path. Andy Kende on the phone, sports director at KETV, just following up there with the coaching staff here, Andy. Uh, there's a junior day taking place this weekend. What do you think about that being implemented so early on here with Coach Rule and his staff? Well, I don't know how they're pulling it off. But I mean, good either. For them. You know, that's, that's a pretty big undertaking, right? And for some of these kids, it may be their first or maybe multiple, or it it will give kids the opportunity to compare what Nebraska is like under a new leadership. So um, I think it's amazing that they're even trying to pull this off so quickly and um, good on them to get in front of as many kids as possible to, to share their vision. And um, DB, I, I can't wait to pick your brain, <laughs> not only to, to, to hear your thoughts, but – but also to hear what you think about what's going on down the road in Madison because I was as floored and surprised as anybody, and I like to consider myself somewhat plugged in over there, but evidently I, I'm as clueless as everybody else. Yeah, and I will tell you this, like from a recruiting standpoint, whether it's been Stanford, Wisconsin, um, you know, Iowa, who's already at – well, arriving at Westside today, Nebraska, I do get the sense, AK, that from a recruiting standpoint, these new coaches that take over, and even in the interim, the number one thing is getting out in front of recruiting. You know, Stanford saying, hey, you know, we'll be here on this day. Uh, Wisconsin Hey, your top priority, Nebraska scheduling a junior day already. I'm surprised a little that there is such due diligence paid to recruiting when a lot of these guys still have to put their staffs together. But when you're Mm -hmm. working in the month of December with the new calendar, it's not new anymore, but the December early signing period, Okay, I think Wisconsin got the sense that they knew what they wanted to do because they're already hitting the ground running. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, isn't it true, too, DB, that kids just want to believe that, they, that they're cared for? Like, yeah, exactly. Kids just want, you know, whether they go to school A or school B or whatever, they just want to know that that school gives a rats about them, you know? And how do you do that? Just get in front of them. You know, it's going to be kind of awkward at first. Like, hey, I'm coach such and such. Here's my vision. We really have seen your tape. We've taken the time to look at your game. Tell me about that state championship game that you played in. Oh, my goodness, those two picks that you had. You know, stuff like that. Like, just show the kid that you care and that you paid attention, and I think that's, you know. How about, how about Nebraska's good starting first, part? How about Nebraska's first two stops this morning being Gretna and Westside? I mean, right? And, and, and doesn't, two, that change, doesn't that tell you something? Yeah, Coach Flood and Coach Satterfield are, will be here this morning, and it's like, I don't know if somebody got in their ear, they're just doing their homework, but immediately, how do you even have the. Like, what would lead you to believe you could go to Gretna and have an impact except for you're uber competitive and you're like, you know what, you're going to have to tell me no. That was somebody else's watch. 
this we're the new guys in town. Tell me no to my face. Right, and we want you. We would love for you to join us. Build something with us. And I think that's compelling to some kids. It may not work for everybody, but at least they're making the effort and show they care. I mean, the first day that they're able to do so, and that's where you're going. That says a lot to me, and I'm sure it says a lot to others. You speak about just caring and showing care. I mean, that just goes a long way for this tenure, this coaching tenure for Matt Rule and his Uh, staff. Especially as a staff, you guys. Listen, the average age is only 40, right? right. I mean, right. you're taking a look at – I mean, it's a young – this is a young bunch. So, officially, you know, Satterfield's 46, Foley's 55, you know, Coop is 35, EJ Bartho, who I'm kind of developing a man crush here, AK, mm-hmm. so slow uh-huh. me down here a little bit. I'll tell you why <laughs> later. He's 37. Knighton's only 36. Corey Campbell's 31. Are we seeing a trend? Andrew said earlier, if you're AK for Channel 7, he's, he's AR-15, <laughs> right? So if are we seeing a recruiting trend? Are we going with youthful exuberance or grinders? Because that appears to be all Coach Rule is right now. Yeah, and it's a young man's game, as you know. And it makes me uh, a little bit sad when I look in the mirror that, uh, yeah, we're there. All those coaches are younger than me. You know, one of those deals. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for Coach McDermott. Um, <laughs> well, he's so, so. So the cool thing about Mac is, anytime you talk to him, you feel like you're better after than before. So it's always oh, going to be all good with Coach Mac. No question, no doubt about it. Yeah, it is interesting that that um, you mentioned the age and the grinder thing, because that is um, a definitely uh, a definitely where we're trending. I think, and I do think as we get back to caring and whatever, I have a thing where I talk about people in our business, the media, that there's a, there's a characteristic that I call give a, and I can't really say the last word, but SH it starts with. <laughs> if, if you have that gene, if you, if you give, if you have that give a gene, you can't teach that. And I get the sense with these guys that they have that overflowing in them. You know, they really care about this stuff. And that's something that can't be taught. You either have it or you don't, and it is so important in recruiting to have that trait because it is a grind to get up in the morning and go to schools and make those phone calls and write those personal letters and so on and so forth and correspond with these kids that can be the building block to your future. And you need energetic guys at any age, but it seems like, and you know, you guys know, the older you get, it's, the tougher it is to do your job. And, man, they've got it right now. And uh, hopefully they can keep up this momentum because they have a very short time. I mean, signing days, what, uh, 20 days away? Not yeah, even. Not 19. even, yeah. Okay, so. real, real, real quick. So I'm kind of watching this unfold with, with the staff and kind of how he's piecing it together. Nebraska needs discipline. I think they need a little rigor. I think they need a little toughness on the day-to-day. You're going to get possibly Teddy Prohaska back, Norelli, guys like that. Are there additions, in your opinion, that can offset or at least neutralize potentially some of the law? Keegan Johnson is out there, Arlen Bruce the fourth is in the transfer portal from Iowa. Are there, a, are there potential additions out there that you think can offset 
the stunning news of guys like Ernest Hausman at least putting his name in the portal. We'll see what happens with some other guys like Quentin Newsom and Reimer and some other guys that I think, well, you're going to have to really invest in. Uh, are there, are, is it addition by subtraction? Are you ready to play that game in the portal? Uh, I think you have to, and I think Matt Rule said as such. I don't think he wants to make his living in the portal, but I think he's smart enough to know that there are going to be some pieces that he's going to have to go out and get in the portal. You know, and another big thing that we haven't talked about is quarterback. And, you know, when we Ellie French caught up with uh, Casey in the uh, parking lot and did a little interview with her with him the other day, and he was basically taking a wait-and-see approach, but he was already looking at film about the, the new coaching staff, which I thought was pretty promising. Um, it seemed like that door would be open a little bit further than I thought it was when uh, after the Iowa game. I thought maybe this would be the end for Casey, but now I'm not so sure. I think – there's a real chance that he comes back. Um, but I think that where Nebraska is right now, and if they do have pieces that decide to leave, I think the portal is fertile enough. And I think the word is out that Nebraska's um, A, a place that's building something with a new coach, and B, a chance that you can do some NIL, have some NIL opportunities, especially from the portal perspective that is going to be enticing to kids so while the news that we hear this week is not the you could say some somewhat disappointing i don't think it is um debilitating for the program by any means i think there's guys out there that can fill the void and uh, you know and again i don't blame kids for doing what they think is best for themselves or kids right so wish them the best and hopefully they make up their minds and things work out for them but i i don't think because you lost guy a that means the program is doomed i think there is opportunity here and uh with this new staff i think they deserve at least some grace period to see what happens in terms of building the program i i think that i think the future is pretty bright um at nebraska and i think they've got a real chance to build something good Grace, that's a beautiful word, AK. We'll get you out on that note. Andy Kende, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. Thanks, fellas. Anytime, my friends. DB, we'll talk soon, my man. Yes, sir. AK, my That's, man. Your, that's your sports Kende. director at KETV. You can follow him at A Kende, KETV. A lot of good points there. One of the things that made me kind of sit back in my chair and reflect, though, was when you brought up the point on the coaching staff and their effort to go to the high schools today, this <laughs> moment right here seems like, you know, putting a Band-Aid on a bleed that just keeps coming and coming and coming. They're trying to patch things up with the local high school kids. Yeah, it's just, it's just really, really interesting, especially on the heels of, of Coach Joseph and, and needing some resolution there who had had such an impact their ability to try to sweep the canvas in a hurry, I don't know how they're doing it, but I'm not mad because as our head coach at on 90th and Pacific has said, don't be late because folks are coming. Like a lot of other schools think they smell blood in the water. More coffee and cream next. A lot of news on the portal front. Here on Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio, some conversation and reaction following the news from yesterday alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and the big one was teased in the interview with Andy Kendi. 
I got that name right this time. Kendi? Kendi. Kendi. AK for Channel 7. The big one, Ernest Hausman. Yeah. And not having him in a Husker uniform as of right now. You know, he's in the portal. As everybody knows, you can always come back to the same school if you're in the portal. But he took that leap to go bring his talents elsewhere. That was the mindset. That's why you go to the portal. And it's a loss for Nebraska because in the latter part of the season, he was one of the lone bright spots in that defense. A potential budding star, in my opinion. I said it on multiple broadcasts. A good young guy that sleeps and eats football. Uh, he's, He's got some fantastic upside. He's learned two different schemes. Um, he's a young guy. I think it surprised some folks, right? I mean, no disrespect to to Brant Banks or DeColdis Crawford, but Nebraska fans hadn't seen what they could potentially be leaving on the table with either two of those players. And, and who knows where it goes. And I think with Ernest, um, he loves Nebraska, and he had built some relationships with some guys on that staff that I think were critical, uh, Coach Rude primarily being one of them. And uh, if there's one thing Coach Rude could do, was it, it was be relational. And I think those are things that, that Ernest gravitated towards because he's a guy that's about trust. Not from here originally, adopted uh, by his family in Columbus. He's got a heck of a story. And for him, it's about are you for me. And so Nebraska will have every opportunity uh, to keep him in the fold. Uh, And unfortunately, like, love it, like it, leave it. When you enter the transfer portal, you're not necessarily leaving as much as you're saying, how much do you want me? I would like to gauge. And you're maybe my testing your worth. I wait. I'd, like, I'd like to gauge my worth. And you bring up a great point with you saying, are you for me? And it's no knock on the coaching staff because, you know, they're doing their best to put the pieces together to be set up well for next season. And it's tough to do that when you only have about a week after the football season to really hit the ground running. And, you know, they started even earlier than just that week. Mm -hmm. And as you keep trying to compile your way, you know, to the early signing period date with a guy like Ernest Hausman, you mentioned, you know, are you there for me? Well, there's no defensive coordinator right now on this staff. And I think that's that's something to kind of keep in mind when it comes to Hausman making this move. Yes, you said it could come off as surprising. Uh, I would more use the word notable at this point when it comes to him leaving. And who's going to be his coach? There's no real linebackers coach yet. And that's it. Like you're you're looking at the the openings on the defensive side of the coaching staff, and there just isn't a true. Uh, parental voice for some of those guys that fall under the umbrella, and he's one of them. Yes, you're use, you're losing a young talent, somebody that grew up in the state of Nebraska. Something I mentioned that needs to have some type of coaching tie-in, w- whether it's the Midwest or Nebraska itself. There needs to be a coaching tie-in, both offensively and defensively, and. It's just not there yet. So at this point, I don't think it's a bad move by Ausman. Yeah, and listen, I'm four kids. I love my alma mater. There's no question about that. But I'm four kids. Like that is the, that's kind of the core of, of who I am. And I don't know if this is going to pan out, right? Right now, it's just words. But one thing I do know, and early on in talking to Coach Rule, what I think he believes in, he's got to own this state, and 
having two coaches in town today on your first day to hit the road when you're not fully staffed lets me know that he's putting actions to, to words. Having your junior day on Sunday lets me know that he's putting actions to words. I think he knows that this state is of the utmost importance to him. And, and, and so if that continues to be the theme, I think Ernest Hausman will feel the love. But let's not be naive here. He's going to have a ton of suitors. And that's just the way it is when you're a young, talented phenom. You, you've got you've got offensive linemen in the portal that play that less than spectacular schools that have double-digit offers in terms of what's out there. Sometimes it's just going to be like that. Hausman is one, and he made a name for himself late, and I can't emphasize that point enough because we After had talked. After getting off to a slow start. Right. We had talked a ton, though, about, hey, you know, defensively, how many of these guys would actually start on another team, and let alone a Power 5 team, because that's kind of where you're at right now. If you're going to leave a Power 5 school, you better hope and, and bet on yourself to be starting at another Power 5 program, one that has maybe a better track record as of late. So that's what Hausman's doing right now. But at the same time, remember, those that go to the portal, it's not all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows when you're there. It's not like you're going to get that next call from Nick Saban. Right or Dabo Sweeney down in Clemson, or Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, or another Big Ten school like Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, or Ohio State, Ryan Day, you name it. Any of those top-tier programs, it's not like they're, they're antsy to pick up the phone right now because they've been developing recruits themselves at the same time. So it's hard a lot to of, kind a lot. of implant yourself in a bigger winning program at the moment. Yeah, Keyshawn Green, you know, Ronald Delancey, uh, Francois. There are a lot of these guys that have hit the portal. And have figured out the hard way that, listen, it's it's not easy out there. And so you have to be careful and you have to know your worth. I'm a big take self-inventory guy. You know that. And I think that Hausman has had, you know, pretty good tutelage. Um, and and I, th I think he's been raised well to understand that. But uh, it's kind of the world that we're playing in. But it's like Coach Rule said. And you have to, if you're for Nebraska – versus four individuals and I don't know where everybody is with that but if you're for Nebraska then you have to take coach rule at his word when he says we will play the portal game we will we will we will do the NIL thing but first and foremost you have to want to be at the University of Nebraska and if that continues to reign supreme then ultimately Nebraska's got a chance to have success. It's not guaranteed, but that's the premise that you've got to operate under. I'm just telling you, I never said, for as much lore and fanfare as Coach Osborne had, I never said I'm going to the University of Tom Osborne. I, I wanted to play at the University of Nebraska because I felt like Nebraska was kind of this mythical thing, right, where it was like the springboard to, like, greatness. Didn't have anything to do with the individual people. So... I know recruiting is different. I'm watching it in my own house. There are certain guys and personalities that my kid gravitates towards where I'm like, ooh, that's dangerous, but I understand because there's nothing to say that said individual is going to be at said school for X amount. The whole thing that the parents worry about. But I understand the relational pull 
as things have changed dramatically in the last 10 to 15 years about trust, um, loyalty, things like that. With free agency, I understand what's being modeled out there. And so I, I think for Nebraska to remain consistent in the message is the best that they can do. And don't forget, this staff is big on recruiting. And they like to develop talent. So it's not like they're antsy to go into the portal and take somebody that may be a it's sophomore a, or a junior and bring them over when they could say, like, well, you know, we could actually go after this, this high school senior instead. It's just, it's just hard there. to do it that way. It, it really is. And, you know, in 2021-2022 cycle, only 61% of FBS players who entered the portal either found a new team or withdrew their name and stayed with their school. That's fantastic. And, stat. you know, you look at the other 39% and you're like, what happened to them did they you know get a scholarship to another school did they just you know altogether leave the sport of football and you know those that those fall into that category too because if you don't go to that F fbs program some of those guys may have went to fcs programs some of those guys may have dropped out of school dropped out of the sport another factor came into play but only 61 percent of fbs players who entered the portal either found that new team or came back to the same school so when i look at where nebraska you're not always upgrading right i mean Right. That's the moral of the story. Do you go into the portal, and do you feel like that's an upgrade, or would you think you're better off by just going after high school talent? It, it, it's a interesting dynamic. Dynamic is a great word there because there are so many holes to fill on this Nebraska football roster, and a lot of it, Andy Kendi said it, it starts at the line of scrimmage, and everybody knows that at this point. So – is it better, DB, last 30 seconds here, is it better to go into the portal and get linemen or recruit that from the high school level at this stage for Nebraska? Personally, I think it's about getting high school kids and developing them, even the junior college route where they're hungry as opposed to the portal and maybe shopping. But, it, but AR, it all starts with this. No, take some self-inventory and surround yourself with people that can give you good insight because I think at that particular age, you're very impressionable, so so. Being around people that have your best interests at heart help you make those long-term decisions. 888-638-4876. Call in a game, trivia game, matchup with DB next. Back to wrap this thing up here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio. We are still looking for that caller. If you want to play a little trivia matchup with DB for some Hale Varsity Club credits. For whether that's food, whether that's beer, you're going to find your way into uh, having a gift card in your pocket if you use the if you use this number 888-638-4876. Give us a call. Let's play with DB. Hey, so like, do you think they know about the macaroni? The macaroni for macaroni, and I'm not a macaroni guy. My kids are. I, I think they call it next level. Who doesn't want to come to Hell Varsity, Frank? The macaroni and cheese here may be my favorite. Did it? Did may it, be my favorite. So time out. It just took you that last 10 seconds to figure out what I was talking about? Well, you said macaroni, and I knew we were talking about Hell Varsity Club. I was well, yeah, but then all of a sudden you like sat up in your seat like you were excited. Like I was there. I was there. <laughs> I was letting you go. I was letting you ride. <laughs> okay, Russ. I was, I was actually thinking about the mac and cheese, and then I finally got back to reality. It's, is it so? I gotta ask Nick and the guys. Like, how is it done? Because apparently, it's like top shelf. 
But it's macaroni. Like, what are we talking about? Special noodles? Is you it, know, is it the cheese content? I will tell you what. Noodles go a long way in mac and cheese. Oh, here we go. They do. Here we so go. So if you just get, you know, your normal box mac and cheese and you get, the, like, the little sliver of pasta or if you go the Velveeta route and you get the shell, like, that's what you get all the time. But here you get the squiggly noodles and it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And, it's, and it may be just you're looking at the noodles and you're looking at the mac and cheese and you're thinking, wow, this came, this came from the best mac and cheese farm around. Did you just say squiggly? Squiggly. <laughs> okay. Are you getting a little squiggly uh, right uh, now? Okay. We, we just went squiggly. Are, are you okay with navigating the portal? You grew up post-free agency era, even as a Bears fan, a mm-hmm. Blues fan. I mean, you won a Stanley Cup with yeah, some folks that were acquired. So maybe you're in an era. That seems so long ago, too. 2019. That seems so long ago. Like a month old milk. Are you spoiled? Like, really? <laughs> I'm not saying I, I want another one like now, which I do. I want another one now. And I, like, I'm not, I am not uh, <laughs> ex- still excited that the first Stanley Cup in history came in 2019 and I was at the parade and all that jazz. Oh, but, oh, oh, oh. oh I was. I was there. <laughs> but... The way I the way I look at when I say it's a long time ago, I mean, just three years time goes by so quickly. Yeah, and it's almost like I remember Aaron Rodgers beating the Steelers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, wait, that was twenty twelve. I remember when Aaron Rodgers. Do you know was how good? long? That you know how long, long ago? ago. How about? I don't even want to get off on that tangent, but I used to love when Aaron Rodgers took the podium. Now I'm just not sure, and I'm not even I'm not even a Packers guy. I'm kind of a I hate to say it. I was kind of an Aaron Rodgers guy. He doesn't bother me like he does some other folks. And I'm sorry, Packer fans. I know he drives you guys crazy, but I don't know, man. Like, it's a lot of pressure that comes with being the El Presidente in in, uh, in Lambeau. <laughs> El Presidente. Bods, would you he, like to be the quarterback in Green Bay? I'd like to be the owner of Barstool Sports. Ask Lynn Dickey. Ask some of those guys. that yeah. not named Brett Favre or, or A.A. Ron. Ask Love. All we need is a little love, and they they hope that guy never plays. Yeah, gosh, man, who was before him too? Was it Brett Huntley? Huntley? Yeah, just kind of a guy that wasn't as a first round pick, obviously. But UCLA's finest. Yeah. So you see, maybe you have an affinity for UCLA guys, UCLA quarterbacks. You or me? Green Bay. Oh, <laughs> I mean, with Love and Huntley. Well, Love wasn't a UCLA guy. That's right. He, he was, was Utah, Utah State. State. Yeah. I get all my light skin guys confused. <laughs> <laughs> One weekend didn't take. Oh, me that long. good. Oh man, I love it. I apologize. I absolutely love it. I'm well, sorry. you know, we didn't get a caller yet for this trivia game, so let's just play it, and but, we'll we'll see can, how it goes. But can I hear it now that I'm here? Well, you, you're going to have to be able to hear it now, unless I play with Shane and then you leave the room. Yeah, Shane. Is Shane a good game player? Like, are you really going to roll the I dice think, with I that? I think he's dude? entertaining. No. I think he's entertaining enough. Dude, he's pretty funny. All right. You know what? Let's play with Shane. Nobody – you know what? I'll, we'll give it one minute. One minute. 888-638-4876. Call in to play trivia against DB. So I really have to just – I have to go out this there? Is, this, so here's the point of this game. DB is going to leave the room. 
the listener, the, the one that's playing trivia on the other end, will get the questions first okay. and three answer choices. The reason you can't be in the room is I don't want you to hear the answer choices. Okay. So you have to leave the room for that reason. Then I'll wave you in. When you play, you don't get the answer choices. However. I'm not that smart. However, that's the point of this game. <laughs> however, you get one Hail Mary. Okay. And then if you use the Hail Mary, you big, get your answer big, choices. Big Tupac guy, Hail Mary. Yep. He's still alive, by the way. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all about conspiracy theories on this show. We are. You guys have Elvis. I got Tupac. <laughs> by you guys, I mean people from St. Louis. Stop. <laughs> Do we look that old? Who's we? You got my pet rock in your pocket? You're saying me and Andrew have Elvis? Is that because we're old? Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what I meant. (laughs) Thank you for letting me off the proverbial fish hook. (laughs) I mean, me and Tupac are probably the same age. You know he's still chilling in Italy. Right, yes. Right there with Machiavelli. Or should I say Tupac and I? (laughs) Uh, grammar well, you didn't police? say Andrew and I, so you already messed up me and Andrew. <laughs> like, are you going to police yourself? All right. So, um, can somebody? Can I give the gift cards away if you're just going to play with Shane and I do the darn thing, or what are we doing? No, I want you to leave the room. Fudge. We got man. we got about four minutes. Tough I'm going to give the question to Shane. Tough crowd. And then I'm going to wave you in. Okay. Minute and a half. On a hustle, DB. Come on. All right, Shaner. <laughs> once those doors close, I'm giving you your first question. There he goes. We'll see you soon, DB. Shaner, first see question. See you tomorrow. First question. Caleb Williams is currently the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Who was the last USC player to win the Heisman? Was it Carson Palmer, Matt Leinart, or Reggie Bush? Reggie Bush. Question number two. NFL teams have their logo on their helmets, but only one team has the logo on one side of their helmet. What team is that? Is it the Steelers, the Texans, or the Giants? Steelers. The Steelers. Final question. The U.S. is in contention to host the World Cup in 2026. The last World Cup this country hosted was in 1994. Who won? Was it Argentina, Brazil, or Italy? It's Brazil. All right, DB, back in. Here he comes. I feel like I feel like he. I know where he's going to use the Hail Mary. This one, DB, it, it's a good it's a good trial run here on week one, playing doggy dog against DB, and I'm interested to see how you navigate to these answers. Okay. Oh okay. come on, Shane. And we'll see if Shane beats you. All right. Question number one. Okay. Caleb Williams is currently the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Who was the last USC player to win the Heisman? Officially or unofficially? Just who was the last player to win the Heisman? Reggie Bush. Question number two. NFL teams have their logo on their helmets, but only one team has the logo on one side of their helmet. What team is that? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Last question. The U.S. is in contention to host the World Cup in 2026. The last World Cup this country hosted was in 1994. Who won? The U.S. Women. Oh, men. Uh, that would be Brazil. All right. Lock them in. One, two, three. Let's go over our answer choices. Talk to me, Goose. Question number one. Caleb Williams is currently the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Who was the last USC player to win the Heisman? You both said Reggie Bush. You both are correct. Ding, 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 ding. Where's my Bo Pelini? 
Why the f is Shane walking in there? That's <laughs> not vocal. <laughs> Question. God, it must be Friday. Question number two. NFL teams have their logo no. on their helmets, but one team only has the logo on one side of their helmet. What team is that? You both said the Steelers. You both are correct. Right there. And final question. The U.S. is in contention to host the World Cup in 2026. The last World Cup this country hosted was in 1994. Who won? Was it Argentina, Brazil, or Italy? You both said Brazil. You both are correct. Right well there, done. Uh, listen, so three Shane was three. three for three. He was. He was three for three. It's flickering. I'll tell it's you what. I should have had a tiebreaker question in whatever store. Whatever the hell it is. In store. But do, you, do you realize Shane is not good at trivia? No, no big, big deal. deal. Yeah, you know, I, I kept it. Shane, a little, I kept it a little easier today. You thought today was easy? Not the last one. Just one lick at on the ankle. Oh, that was tough. Well, good. I'm happy. But I want it to be a little. I want to challenge you a little bit. Yeah, TV. that's that's tough. I, the logos thing wasn't. I didn't know there was only one. Mm-hmm. I just know my team. Interesting. Yeah. Even though we played a game two games ago and your team's the Penguins and you didn't say I didn't them. say the Penguins. I was traumatized over Latang having a stroke. <laughs> Dude, that's no, that's I, rough. Like I that, know. That, is, that is heavy news. Dude, I, I'm being honest I, with you. Like I, I was just like. I, do you remember Bowmeister? Yes, I felt bad for all the negative thoughts that I'd had about Chris Latang. Was that Wednesday when that happened? Yes. Yes. I feel like the Penguins would have been on your mind then. How about them coming back from behind last night against the Knights, though, buddy? Not bad. Four Not three, bad. Four three, four three pens, if, for those of you playing yeah. at home. Yep, and 6-4 Hurricanes. For those Ain't that right, that Team Sasha? Against Let's go. the St. Louis Blues. We appreciate you joining us this week, and we'll have a lot more coverage on Coffee and Cream next week. You're and not going to get it anyplace else. I tune in. If you're itching for more. Go to the Morning Dump, Benning Bites, and Sports Six Pack wherever you get your podcast. But from 7 to 9 every morning on Hale Varsity Radio, you get coffee and cream. We appreciate you. See you Monday.